Hey mama loves, this is part two of the doula interview podcast with Brown Skin Mom. Um, In this episode, we talk about an acronym that doulas use for mothers to make sure that they're receiving their best care and continue on with the uh, conversation about discrimination in the birthing industry. Take a listen. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Brown Skin Mom podcast, the number one podcast for brown skin moms to discuss breastfeeding, parenting, lifestyle, and business while answering all of your mommy questions. Join me as we enter the hood, the motherhood. Um, so to get into some of the good stuff, um, speaking about black mothers specifically, um, and a lot of what we're dealing with when it comes to birthing, why do you think it's important for black mothers to enlist the help of a doula, specifically black doulas? Um, well, I mean, one, it's helpful to see someone who looks like you providing you this care, you know, that you need to have your baby. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, it's good to be seen by them and to see them. So like black doulas, um, you know, they can be more compassionate and understanding of what their client, you know, may want or need to help them, you know, have a better experience, um, you know, we would be more willing to fight for our clients, you know, especially when they're not receiving the care, like at all that they need. So, mm-hmm. you know, if a mom is by herself or maybe with a partner or a spouse, you know, they may not feel like they can speak up and, you know, confront a doctor or question what they're telling them because they've, you know, they feel like maybe they're, you know, it's not their place, but as a doula, you know, it's our job to advocate. So if they're having questions, it's our job to make sure those questions are answered either by us and backed up by the doctor, or, you know, specifically by the doctor or the nurse. So I, I feel like that just allows us to advocate more efficiently for someone, you know, who is like us and they can feel like they're getting the proper care um, that they need. Yes. I think it's important because we know that as Black people, we experience racism in this country. There are many studies that have been done with um, um, doctors in medical school, first and fourth year of residency, finding that they believe that Black women have higher pain tolerances and, you know, all of these things that are just ridiculous and not true. And so a lot of doctors, white doctors or providers may be coming, even midwives, I mean, I would hope not, but um, are coming from a place of bias. And that's just the way that our system is set up due to historical facts. So as a black doula, I can understand racism because I've experienced it, whether Mm -hmm. I'm a mother or not. Um, And as a woman, you know, we experience, as a black woman, we experience 
two forms of discrimination, being Black and then being mm-hmm. a woman. There's also studies showing how women's pain and women's experiences are underrated by their, their providers on a regular basis. So we're coming from a place of being able to have firsthand knowledge um, of what that experience of racism is like and how it can vary um, greatly from white women. You know, we know that black women are dying and their children are dying. Uh, I think I just saw something that said black women are 240, uh, 243% more likely to die from childbirth related complications than a white woman. 243%. In 2018. That's yeah. the cra- That's crazy. Yes. In 2018. So, yes. Yeah, so we know that obviously the current system is not helping black mothers mm-hmm. and that is often dominated by white providers. Um, and not that white care providers can't be great, but it is like Caitlin said, great to see people serving you who look like you and who can better understand your situation. That's why we have cultural sensitivity and cultural awareness trainings all the time to bridge that gap. So, um, and I think this was covered with the black mortality rate with mothers and infants being so much higher than white mothers, what would you say is the cause of that? I know racism or um, bias, ignorance probably has something to do with that. What would you say is the cause? Um, I mean, it's, I can't say there's one like definitive answer just because it's right. everything kind of rolled into one, you know, like Vanessa said that, you know, being us being seen as being able to tolerate pain more, you know, I mean, that's just, that just is stupid to me because, you know, yes, everyone's pain tolerances vary, but to, to go ahead and categorize that by race is just, and, and to use that as a way to, to alter how you offer care to others, like that's just ridiculous. So, I mean, I, I think like, like one of the reasons, you know, like Vanessa said is, you know, the pain and, or not being taken seriously when we are having pain or discomfort. And when mm-hmm. we do voice that, it's like, oh no, she's okay. You know, she doesn't really need that. Maybe she just wants drugs or, you know, something like that. And if someone does confront a nurse or a doctor, maybe we're seen as, you know, argumentative or angry because, you know, just for some reason, we're just angry. So, I mean, being confronted about that, about the level of care that you're not receiving can be just seen as, you know, you know, it's just like, oh, she's all right. You know, Mm -hmm. she's fine. And then, you know, five minutes later, you come back in the room and something's seriously wrong. So then- Mm -hmm. What does that tell you? Like it, uh, all of that is, it, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like I, I can't even really explain because it's just, that shouldn't affect the, the level of care that someone receives no matter what. Yeah, I agree, I agree. The answer for me is just um, a lot of things boil up into it like Caitlin said, but it's racism. We know that mm-hmm. that is the primary cause and of course, it's ignorance, lack of education, um, bias, income. We know that when you have a certain income, you're treated better. Um, and 
So there, you know, there are a variety of things, but it starts with racism. That is the the variety of it, and not just racism in that individual, but systematic racism systems mm -hmm. that are in place um, to oppress Black women specifically, women of color specifically. Right. Um, I know that. Um... Black women, a lot of times uh, when I was pregnant, were um, more likely to be rushed into C-sections or rush, rushed into premature um, inductions, inducing, things like that. Um, how would doulas kind of, I guess, educate their mothers to um not necessarily avoid because if that is something that is needed then by all means do it but how would doulas kind of advocate for their mothers in situations like that so there's this acronym that a lot of um, doulas teach their clients about and it's called brain mm -hmm. and so basically um it stands for the benefits the risks um Oh, I'm just blanking on that. Oh, A, alternative. I is intuition. And then N, is it necessary? So one of the ways that doulas can help their clients um, maybe to prevent or reduce unnecessary interventions mm -hmm. is to remind them to ask those questions when things are being prevented, uh, presented to them. But what are the benefits? What are the risks? Um, and this is this acronym is used to make sure that they are actually receiving uh, being able to have informed consent because telling someone that you that they should do something or that they are required or whatever is not informed consent if you can't tell them the benefits and the risks if you can only tell them as a provider why they should do it and you can't give them a risk then you're not allowing them to have informed consent and mm -hmm. so that to me technically that means you're being unethical as a provider because you're not giving all the information that they need to make a decision that is informed and that is a good fit for them in their birthing experience. And then the other thing is that sometimes interventions may be necessary, but are there other alternatives that can be done before you do that? Can you have an hour to do something different? And then if that doesn't work, then can you go and do something else? And if it's like, it's necessary, even if it's necessary, can I have five minutes to talk with my doula or my partner, you know, and maybe just to get centered and, and, and get some acceptance about that this may be the decision that you have to make for your labor, even though it's not what you want. Just giving mm -hmm. yourself a little bit of time emotionally and mentally to come in alignment with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with Vanessa. Um, I think educating mothers before labor about their choices, that you have choices. It's not just a yes or no thing that you do have the right to say no. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to just say yes to every little thing the doctor or nurse wants to do. You can ask questions. You can ask for more information. You can ask the nurse or the doctor to leave the room so you can talk to your doula. I mean, you don't have to say specifically, I wanna to talk to my doula, but you can say, can you just please leave the room for a little bit so I can have time to think about it. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of moms, especially first time moms, don't think that they have the right to say no. But I mean, it's your body, your baby, your birth. 
So you mm-hmm. can say, I mean, you can say no to whatever you want, but just make sure, you know, just making sure that they have all the information necessary to help get them to that conclusion, whatever their answer is. So definitely important. Okay. Um, so to touch on something that happened um, last year, and I don't know if you guys um, know about it or knew about it, but Ina Mae Gaskin was at a um, a conference for birth workers, I believe in Texas. And when she was asked a question about, and and you guys correct me because I'm going off memory here if, if you know better than I do, but I believe she was asked a question about the mortality uh, rate of mothers um, and I guess how she would help or how uh, her practice um, would help prevent that number from climbing. And she kind of danced around the question, in my opinion. She kind of danced around the question and then researching, she's been dancing around this question her whole practice. Um, so I guess as a doula, is there a way that you feel maybe she could have tackled that a little better as a birth worker? I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't know. Ida Mae Gaskin is somebody who was looked up to in the natural birth industry. And uh, I read her books and was all through her site and stuff like that. And she helped me have a natural birth, um, just reading her material. So it is, what I guess were your thoughts on that as um, coming from the perspective of a doula and how do you think somebody in her position maybe could have handled that a little better if that's something that uh, you want to touch on, I don't know. Um. Well, I mean, I remember hearing about this and I remember people, you know, talking about it and, you know, the various doula groups that I'm in and things like that. Um, This was when I was like a new doula, so I wasn't really paying too much attention to it. But from reading everyone's comments, you know, there were a lot of people who were saying that, oh, you know, what she said was fine. And then there were a lot of people saying, no, she could have answered the question. So, I mean, to not answer like a very specific and a very important question, I could see people being upset because mm-hmm. that's that's just basically ignoring the issue and saying it's not a problem, especially mm-hmm. from someone who is so known in the community. So to have her not address the question and just kind of go around it, it just really is just like, well, what about us then? Like, do you not really care about providing women of color care because what you say is going to affect what people do mm-hmm. and how they think and how they see mm-hmm. us. So I know Vanessa, you're, you're over there nodding. Yeah, so I, see. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I see your face. <laughs> I was an active working doula when the information came out. And actually I didn't really know a lot about it, but some people posted links 
So because they recorded the the event that she the training or whatever, so I was able to go and it was a long recording. I think it was like thirty or sixty minutes there. Because mm-hmm. um, they just did the Q and A part of, from my knowledge, they did the Q and A part of the training. Um, and for me, basically, what she was talking about was like, well, the nutrition and how you know she helps women because she has this farm and looking at things holistically, and she never at once said that racism is an issue. And as a, and she, um, another reason I think people have issue with her too is that there are a lot of claims that she learned her midwifery skills from granny black midwives mm-hmm. and who has not given them much uh, credit for that skill set and has been raised up as the mother of midwifery on the backs of these black women that haven't gotten the credit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't done as much research into that particular history, so I don't really have much to say about that, but that's what I've, uh, the rumors that I've heard. But for me, I thought her response, I, I got where she was trying to come from, but it was almost like she was blaming black women for the reason why they were dying in childbirth and not placing it on definitely our broken healthcare system, not mm-hmm. placing on racism, and not talking about how she, as a white midwife uh, with lots of privilege um, and access to a lot of things, that could have been a great time for her to use her platform to amplify other Black voices, but to also amplify how racism is an issue and how, as a midwife, she can help um, white uh, teaching other white midwives how they can help to combat that or work at that is just to acknowledge that racism exists and that black women get treated differently as that result. So I think she missed a huge opportunity. And I definitely could see why um, people were angry with her. I wasn't necessarily angry with her because honestly, honestly, white women are not the face of midwifery for me. So I was not gonna ever give her the term as a mother of midwifery, that doesn't mean that I don't respect the things that she's done, but that's a fallacy in itself is Mm -hmm. pointing her as the face of midwifery and erasing largely black women. Mm -hmm. Um, So as, um, as doulas, I'm sure you have had situations with doctors or midwives um, that haven't been the best because of your race, because of your color. Um, I don't know what I want to say. How do you handle that as a doula? Um, I know my doula kind of flexed on my midwife. Like she was like, uh, I teach at the farm, boo-boo. I do this, okay? Boop, 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 boop. But <laughs> but um, so how I guess I don't I don't are there examples or stories that you may have, or is that kind of something where you kind of just shake it off and it's like, you know, here we go again. Um because that's kind of how it was with the Ina Mae Gaskin thing. It was like, here we are expecting her to speak for us when she is continuously not done so. Um, I think I'm getting off on a tangent. So I guess when you guys uh, experience it as doulas, how do you deal with it? 
Um, if I could go first, just because I got to wrap up and get off because I got to go to a postpartum visit. Um, I have to be there at 10, so I'm going to be quick. Um, for me, I, I was blessed that the training that I took was an organization that was founded by Black women to work with women of color. So that was something that we specifically addressed in our training is how to advocate and gently um, navigate these certain situations. Some One of the things that I do is, first of all, when I'm with a client and we're um, laboring, I introduce myself. I introduce and explain my role. And then I try to be friendly and make um, build a rapport with the staff in the beginning so they know up front that I'm there to assist the mom. But I'm also there to kind of help them. Um, and that helps, too, because as you go along in your doula career, nurses will remember you if you were of great help to them and they, you made their job easier and the birth flowed, you know, that decreases a lot of those mm -hmm. negative interactions you may have. And another thing is, um, you know, sometimes it, it really just varies. Sometimes I'll kind of pull back and won't really say much and I'll just observe a little bit to see where things are gonna go. And then maybe after when that provider has left the room, I asked my client, how do you feel about the information that you heard or whatever you're thinking, you know, and kind of see where they are because maybe they didn't even notice the racism mm -hmm. that I noticed. And mm -hmm. so if they didn't notice, you know, it's not that I may not, not gonna advocate for them, but maybe that's not something I need to address right now. Um, Another thing is I encourage my clients to do surveys, like all of the surveys that they offer here in DC. A lot of hospitals send out surveys at certain points in your pregnancy. Afterwards, I encourage them to complete them so that they can give feedback about these providers. And if it's not good, it's hopefully going to the people who are going to make decisions about these care providers. And then another thing that, um, that I do sometimes very rarely is like, maybe you might have to feel like, can I talk to you nurse in the hallway, you know, mm -hmm. and just see like professionally like, hey, you know, it seems like it's a lot of tension in the room and, you know, I'm just trying to kind of figure it out. So it just, it, it really kind of varies, but I think a lot of times building that report in the beginning will decrease a lot of problems throughout the labor. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, one other thing is just like, sometimes I'll just stop when the provider is saying or doing whatever they're doing, I'll ask, I'll just turn to the client, like, how do you feel about what's being, what's being done or said? I kind of hit it right in the middle. And so if the client is like, oh, well, I don't feel comfortable, I feel like this, sometimes it will remind the provider, like, oh, maybe I said mm -hmm. supposed to, and kind of can nip that in the bud before they start going too far, like, well, it's not about me. It's about this mom. And if she's saying, I feel X, Y, and Z. And then the last resort, like if the person is just totally disrespectful, who was the attending on call? Who was the resident on call? Like, can we get a new doctor, nurse in here ASAP? We're not dealing with you. Mm -hmm. That's like extreme situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that kind of goes for like, doula discrimination, mother discrimination, especially working with mothers of uh, color. What about you, Caitlin? Um, I mean, I don't have any stories, really. Um, I mean, still a new doula, so. Um, but since I work in a, in a doula program at a local hospital, 
all the doctors and all the nurses are, you know, doula friendly, you know, the nurses, I mean, we, we have our own kind of uniform, so they know by how we're dressed that we're doula. I mean, you know, we have our ID badges and everything that says childbirth educator, doula on it, our picture mm -hmm. with the baby. So, I mean, they know what we're there for. Um, the births that I've been at, the doctors have been great. They thank me for being there, you know, to help with their patient. You know, mm -hmm. I had one doctor ask me how long I, I, I was there at the birth. And I was like, you know, it's been 18 hours. And she's like, well, you know, well, thank you. Thank you for staying this long. Thank you for not leaving, you know, because, you know, I find that the doctors at the hospital I work at and the nurses, they're very appreciative of the help that we're giving. Um, and so the hospital is a very baby friendly hospital and we're working towards certification. So, um, you know, they're having, I mean, there, there's a couple of nurses. I've heard of one nurse that is kind of, you know, maybe mm. might not be so friendly. I haven't mm -hmm. encountered her yet, but I mean, other than that, I would say like 90% of everyone is on board and cool. We are allowed to go in the operating rooms. So it's, we're not really. Which I mean, is not really, rare. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> <nice> rare. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's really great to, to work in a place where, you know, they want doulas there. I mean, I'm the only black doula in the program right now. So um, <laughs> um, we're, we're getting one more, one more starting soon. So, um, but it's, really just great to to know that they know that we're on their side so i mean i don't think i mean i don't expect to have any difficulties just because right. like you know it's a very it's the hospital program but i mean you never know a patient's doctor just may not be feeling it and i mean it kind of just depends but so far everything's been good okay Okay, so I know Vanessa. I think you said you gotta go, right? Yeah. Um, so before before you leave, this is something I guess kind of fun off the top of my head. Um, you guys, I don't know if you are both mothers. I know Caitlin is, but um, kind of like a shit they didn't tell me about being pregnant type of thing. Like, <laughs> well, I am not a mother. I'm a stepmother. I have a four and okay. a half year old stepson. Um, but I know something I hear is sometimes clients don't know is that, um, wait, pregnancy, I was thinking about afterwards. Um, or afterwards, afterwards is fine too. Pregnancy that almost any part of your body can swell when you're pregnant, you know, and, uh, like there are sometimes that's a risk factor for something, but sometimes you just might be somebody who retains a lot of water. So, you know, um, but afterwards, one thing I was gonna say is one thing that women don't realize is they're gonna give you some huge granny panties afterwards and those are gonna be some of the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. <laughs> um, uh -huh. A lot of women don't know that you're gonna bleed after you have a baby mm -hmm. for X amount of weeks, similar to like you're having a period. I've heard mm -hmm. some women that aren't told that and I think that's pretty crazy. Yeah, um, because that could be anywhere from two to six or eight weeks. Right. Wow. 
And I'm trying to get my hand on some of them big old granny panties. Because um, I always tell my clients to um, to take them. But I'm like, I need to give you some. I still have mine. <laughs> From both kids. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, Caitlin, what about you? Shit they didn't tell me about being pregnant, about being a mom. What about you? Um... I don't, I guess just during pregnancy, I guess just your baby's going to come when they want to come. A lot of moms are like trying to get their baby out and doing all these things to get their baby out. And then like, it's, and they're wondering why it's not working. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I mean, you can't really force your baby out unless, you know, you're doing right. an introduction or something. So really, you know, babies are going to come when they want to come. Sometimes you, you just can't really do anything about it. Um, and I guess just as being a parent, it's just, I mean, your kids say the darndest things. It's really true. So <laughs> it's just just amazing all the things that they pick up and what they say and the phrases that come out of their mouths. And you're just really surprised at what they say. So be mindful of what you say around your children sometimes. But most times it's funny stuff that they say. So. <laughs> Okay. Well, um, that will wrap us up. Um, thank you both very, 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 very much for um, being a part of this. Um, you know, uh, one question you didn't answer that I just, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I know somebody. Uh, you asked about literature by Black doulas or midwives. Oh, yes. Yes. The only reason why I'm bringing that up is because... Um, I had a doula that I'm kind of like partnering with that she, mm -hmm. she wrote her own book and it's called um, The Dark Womb Redemption. The Dark Womb Redemption. And she's Dark actually going to be doing a tour providing um, some of her services because she is a doula, a, a, like a... Um, she does womb saunas and mm -hmm. uh, yoga and a whole bunch of other stuff. And so she's doing like different tours and she's supposed to be coming here. But in it, she addresses like um, different diets. Like, I guess if you have like um, reproductive issues like fibroids mm -hmm. or uh, endometriosis, um, that one. And then when you asked me that, I had forgotten to look it up before, but while we were talking, I just did a search and there's a lot of, not a whole lot, but there's information about like granny midwives. There's books written um, by black women about black midwifery. So mm -hmm. I literally just put in Google literature written by black midwives. So okay. there is some information. I don't know if it's from the point of providing childbirthing information or is talking more about the history of black midwives. So that I'm not sure because I haven't distinguished um, but there is some literature out there written okay. by us for us. Okay, so that is for, is there any literature? Because I know um, a lot of people are like, why are you reading Ina Mae Gaskin's Guide to Childbirth? But I'm like, if that's the only thing out there, you know, give me a black option and I'll definitely pick it up. So thank you for sharing that. The Dark Womb Redemption. I'm going to Google that now as soon as I get off the phone with you guys. Uh, well, again, thank you, ladies, for doing the podcast, doing the recording. Thank, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. All right, ladies. 
Bye. Bye. You have just listened to the Brown Skin Mom podcast. Thank you for listening. Peace, mamas. Thank you.